the people, these farmers, like they're so nice. It's indescribable. Through the toughest of times, they've taken me into their homes. And from that, I just think it's really important that I help them. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Olila Leave. I'm on Wadurung Country this week. My guest, Jack Byrne, is on Gadigal Country up in Sydney. And we'd like to extend those respects to the lands on wherever you're taking our podcast this week. Now, I'm really excited, one, just because this conversation with Jack was so fun. We, yeah, I feel like we're mates. I'm going to claim it. Thanks, Jack. But he is an absolutely extraordinary young man. At the age of 10, he set up his charity, and we'll jump into everything about that. But I learned so much from Jack in terms of just how he approached things, his out-of-the-box thinking, how he is just so thoughtful for other people. And I just absolutely love this chat. So I hope you guys enjoy it. If you haven't checked out Jack's Mates Foundation, check it out on Instagram and follow just the incredible work he is doing. And that's enough for me. Let's just jump straight into it. You, do you have a nickname or anything? Are you a Jacko, Jack? Just Jack. Just Jack. Same yeah. as me, Jack. I'm an, I'm just a plain old Ollie as well. Simple. Um, but, mate, I, I have followed your work with fascination for years. And I think what is cool, I'm going to say about both of us, I'm pumping my own tyres up here, but I actually grew up in Sydney as well. So... I'm a Warunga boy, spent a lot of time down on the northern beaches. So I'm so fascinated to find out a little bit more about your background and where the interest in ag and farming kind of came from. But first, tell our audience a little bit about who you are, Jack, because there might be people who don't know you, but there probably is not many. <laughs> so my name's Jack Byrne. Uh, I'm 14 years old and about four years ago when I was 10, I decided to start a charity called A Fiver for a Farmer where I got people to dress up like farmers and bring in $5 to support the drought. And through that initiative, I now run a registered charity called Jack's Mates Foundation. Um, I've raised $2.1 million, been lucky enough to meet prime ministers, go overseas, uh and yeah i have a great time doing it tell me a little about it because like i think so you started raising money the fiber for a farmer was an idea off the back of the drought and it was just at your primary school wasn't it yeah it was so i watched a btm video which is news for kids and uh, it kind of just breaks it down for kids and um after watching that, I just kind of got really upset about it because I saw kids my age missing out on school and missing out on their sport on the weekends and thought, I can do something about this. So I went home and spoke to my mum. She didn't really have an idea of what was going on and no one did at the time. It wasn't on social media or anything. So I uh, wrote an email and I said, this is what's happening I have an idea, let's dress up, let's raise money, this is really important, and put my mum's phone number at the bottom without her knowing. So <laughs> um, the next day she got a ton of calls and lots of people wanted me on, on shows, radio stations, newspapers. Uh, it's probably a bit overwhelming for her, but we made it work. 
I'm fascinated. Tell me a little bit about what this BTN is and where do you watch it and how do you, I've never ever heard of it in my life. So BTN is, it's actually like, it's a abbreviation for behind the news. So it just kind of like makes news less complicated for primary school kids. And like, uh, if you're like some of my age and younger or like a tiny bit older, all you watch in primary school, at least I'm going to say three times a week is BTN. Like it's just, it's just like watching the news. They've got interesting topics and their teachers kind of build off of that. But we were writing about in English about like agriculture and we saw this video and that's where I kind of got my idea from. I feel like they need to make it for adults because I think it would be very helpful. And before this moment, before you came across BTN and this bit around drought, had you ever had anything to do with farming or agriculture before? Not at all. I'd never been on a working farm, never been out in the country, not a clue. And so this moment kind of comes out of the blue for you. For our audience, there's people kind of from all over that tune into it, but whereabouts is home for you? And I know you're in Sydney, but whereabouts? Uh, Northern beaches. So, uh, you know, all I say is water, like every day. I'm very fortunate for where I live. You know, grass is green and I've got an amazing community. But yeah, a very, very far away place from any country town. And so you, you start this little charity, which was about dressing up. Was it just to throw on a cowboy hat, a shirt? Where did you start with it? Yeah, so it was like putting on a flannel shirt, a cowboy hat, stuff like that, and just really raising awareness and funds. And I guess that's how it started out, but it definitely progressed to more than just that. Did, did you ever think, like, did you ever in your dreams think, oh, this I want to be on TV and on radio? What were you trying to do? I, I don't really know. Like, I think my goal was to really help these people. I I didn't expect to get like this much support and awareness. It's crazy. Like now that I look back at it, if you had told me with like no preparation, you're going on TV tomorrow. I don't, I don't think I would have the gut to do it. Like it's, it's pretty like nerve wracking, but I guess as soon as I had a passion and an idea, I just, I could speak for days about it. It's a, it's become really interesting to me and the people, these farmers, like they're so nice. It's indescribable through the toughest of times. They've taken me into their homes. And from that, I just think it's really important that I help them. The first time you ever went on a farm was, so you've, you've raised a little bit of money at at the time through the drought. Can you tell me a little bit about that first time that you actually went onto a a working farm and what it was like in kind of the midst of the drought. Yeah. So I think we're about like 260,000 of funds and uh sunrise um, emailed my mom and said, let's go up and visit a farm. So we went to Moolong and um, it was, it was really cool. I met this great family and we were out on their property having a great time. It was, it was really cool. And it was a bit of an eye opener actually to see like what a working farm is really like. And when I portrayed it in my mind on the way there, it was nothing like it was. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like what were you thinking it was going to be like? And then what was it actually like? 
Well, when I search up like drought at that point, I thought it'd be everywhere. And then through like a bit more research, I figured out, well, it's not everywhere, but it is happening where I'm going. And my perception of drought was cracks through the floor and, you know, like just nothing but sun and just like brown floor. But that wasn't really the case. And uh, when I got out there, it was actually a really cool community and meeting those people and going on their land was really nice, you know, just um, like blue skies, no clouds and um, just everybody knows everybody and everyone was so kind to each other and they were all lending hands to each other, which I didn't really expect. And so you've, you, you went out and had a bit of a look and you're able to take these stories and this experience back into your primary school on the Northern Beaches. And what were the other kids kind of asking you and, and what were you able to share with them about what was actually happening out there? Yeah, at that time, I think it really started to kick off like that there was a drought basically in our own backyard and this made people want to do something. And uh, it was it was all over in the news at that point and seeing like, these drought streaks of like eight years, six years. And uh, this is when donations got like really big and stuff. And um, the way I kind of described it to my class is like, when you look in your backyard, you see green grass, you know, there's a nice sea breeze and you go out there. It's just, it's not the same. It's, it's brown grass and, you know, people look really upset and um, they're a bit distraught, but those people just have so much integrity and pride that they put a smile on their face and they just kept going. And I, it was a real eye opener and I was only 10. So I guess it was kind of made me thankful for what I had. And um, yeah, it was, it was a crazy experience. Do you remember any of the conversations that you were having with your parents kind of on the way back as well? Because I think there's like, well, I just reckon you're so cool, Jack, in terms of, the way that you're able to talk about it, but also to what were your parents saying about it? Because I'm guessing like quite a bit of this might've been new for them as well. Yeah. So um, it was just my mum on the way to there and back and uh, my dad was at work, but I remember like on the way home, we just couldn't believe what we saw. It was nothing like the Northern beaches and I couldn't believe what was going on for them. And when I was, talking to my dad, like just seeing his face and like, it was, it was unbelievable, really. It was, it was crazy. Hi, I'm Pia, horticulture and sugar analyst at Rabobank, and I'm here to share our latest insights on Australia's vegetable market. Did you know in 2023, Australia produced over $5.8 billion worth of vegetables, though only 4.3% of this was exported. Like many other countries, the Australian vegetable industry relies mostly on its domestic market. In fact, only 7% of global vegetables produced are traded between countries. But we are starting to see that trend change. Global trade is growing at a faster rate than production, and countries with low cost production are seeing the highest growth rates. You can learn more about trends in the vegetable market on our latest Rabo Research Australia podcast, Mapping World Vegetable Trade or reach out to me via the Rabobank Australia social media channels to learn more. What do you think? I'm trying to think of what the question is here, but maybe what was something that surprised you? Maybe something which was, were like surprised you, but in a, 
worse than you expected. And then I think we'll flip a positive on that as well. But just starting off, what was something about the farming communities or the drought that was actually worse than kind of what you expected? Um, well, when I was out there, like at the time I was only 10, so I didn't really have like much of an understanding, but as I kind of like kept going out to these farms and really like realized what was going on, like recently I've been to Ugara, which had just been hit by like flash floods and put into these farms every day, waking up at like early hours in the morning and going out there is just so mentally draining. And it just makes it 10 times harder when, you know, you're not getting that rain you need and it's hard to get that product out. And, like, as time went on, I really realised that and I started to push Australian produce and stuff like that. But I think that's what, like, really struck me as I learnt more. And what about something which surprised you but in a really cool way? (laughs) I think the people, like, they just they hold so much pride in what they do. And I think that was the problem. That's why it wasn't in the media. They have so much pride in what they're doing and their product that they don't ask for help, no matter how hard it gets. And, um, you know, I think it's pretty lucky that it all got in the media and stuff because I don't know what would have happened if it doesn't because these people would just, like, the pride is unbelievable. They would never ask for help. So their pride is just amazing. What do you think you'd say to them if, if you had the chance and there'll be a few farmers that listen into this as well, but from, I'm going to say an outsider's perspective, cause we've, we've both grown up in Sydney and I think we, we haven't had that, I guess the upbringing on the farms, but, but to the adults who are farming, what do you reckon you'd say to them about why it's actually important to talk about what's going on? And from a city perspective, why you kind of care about it? Yeah, I think if you're someone that's struggling, wherever you are, and um, it doesn't matter like how little it is or how big it is, you should definitely speak to someone and reach out for help. And the best thing about it is there's so many people that you can speak to and get help from, whether it is uh not getting the cops you need or you're actually having a really tough time like mentally there is like thousands of things and that's what's so great about the internet you can talk to someone on the phone on a zoom call like we are now and um it can really touch you and have you made friends out of all of this as well yeah definitely um you know like when i was going to ugara meeting kids who have just like literally been through a traumatizing three weeks showing me uh what they've got and all the cool things they have and um basically any farm that I've got to go to like friends forever now and it's pretty cool that's so cool you'll you'll have all these moments as you'll be traveling around the country and you'll see places on maps or you'll drive past a letterbox and you'll be like oh I've been there for something or there for something else <laughs> yeah yeah, it's pretty cool. And so you've you've grown into a charity as Jack's Mates Foundation, which is seriously cool. And so what are you guys up to? And I guess how are you getting support with what you do? Yeah, so um, obviously we've been so lucky through the support of others to raise so much money 
And um, with that, I just thought we really need to help these people in re- regional communities. And like, it's, it's relentless for them. Mouse plagues, fires, floods now, drought, like it just doesn't stop. So it's good that it's in the news now that we can see and get an understanding. So when I see something really bad happening, I kind of talk to mum and see what we can do with like donations and support awareness to get these people some help. Do you feel pressure with that? Like as, as in something is happening out there and you're thinking, oh, I just really got to, I've got to do something and help them. I wouldn't say it's pressure. It's more of like, I feel thankful that I have this voice and this reach to get the help they need. So when I see that people are struggling, it actually makes me happy because I know I can do something to help them. That's really cool. Yeah. Have you got um, brothers or sisters that you drag along with you out to the farm? Yeah. So I've got a little sister. Yeah. And um, she, she like with all the media and stuff, when it first kicked off, she was like, I think seven. So like when I'm going and telling my story and like what I'm trying to do and what message I'm trying to teach at times she was like, Oh, he just, he says the same thing a lot. So, um, she started to kind of pick and choose what she wanted to do, but she came to Ugara, she came to orange. Like she likes to come out on a trip, but yeah. So they, the, um, she gets dragged along sometimes and my dad tries to make it when he can. Oh, that's so cool. And it's amazing how your mum helps you as well with making yeah. sure that you can get to all these different places. She's she's so good. Like she works a full-time job and is like my manager basically. And um, it's not easy, but she does a phenomenal job. Mate, she'll, she'll love you saying that. But you said it a few times, I, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. The floods at Yagara, we, we've seen footage that came through and it was absolutely devastating. You actually had the chance to head out there a couple of weeks after everything came through. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Being there in real life and hearing those people actually say their stories, crazy, like hearing a newborn baby being like seeing a a hole cut in the roof and then being pulled out by a helicopter. Like I just, I can't even imagine that. And people having to climb up into their roofs because the floods are literally have taken over their house. And even just driving through Yugara, um, it, the damage was crazy. Seeing like half of houses pulled down. There was a Catholic primary school that was literally just had been hammered by the floods and, there was just broken bits everywhere and, you know, seeing trees falling down. It was, it was crazy. Insane. I'm, I I went through, I didn't quite make it to Yagara, but I was heading down that way and I just couldn't get over how big some of the things were like containers and just how the floodwaters can just pick them up and move them. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, Like I just can't believe a car's about a ton. And it just so easily can pick it up and stuff like that. That's really scary. And I can, I just, I can't even imagine what that's like. Mm. And the sound that comes with it as well as it's oh. rushing down. Be frightening. Yeah, definitely. I've got a few questions I want to ask you about different things, but this 
involvement around agriculture and I guess sharing stories and, and things that you do such a good job of is something I'm really passionate about. But what do you want to do when you get to those later years of high school and kind of beyond school? Have you thought about it a bit? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think I'd like to be a paramedic. Really? Yeah. I, I watch this show called Paramedics and like I find that really interesting and like again I get to help people and I think it's just the best feeling in the world helping people so I think I'd like to do that and you're obviously a little bit braver than me because I'm not very good at dealing with my own cuts let alone (laughs) with other people's yeah I think I think I'd be able to handle that stuff like I, I haven't had too many bad injuries but like I've seen them happen so I don't really get like I'm not like afraid of blood or anything so you can say you're tougher than me Jack (laughs) (laughs) um and so the the agriculture and farming side is really just something that you you're super passionate about and just want to do your own little bit for yeah definitely i think it's so cool what they those people do and they need all the support they can get so i've got a couple of questions i want to ask but if you had a magic wand and you could just wave it and have an impact for farmers what do you think it would be? Oh, I think those people deserve like holidays or something. Like, I think once a year they get like a four week or like six week holiday where someone just comes in and does all the work for them, and they can just they they get to pick any trip they want and they can just go off. And just go and have a little bit of time out away from everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> What do you reckon your mates at school have learned about farming and agriculture through you? And what do they say to you about it? Yeah, well, like at the time I was in year four and um, now I'm in year nine. So it's it's a pretty crazy jump. But like I remember in year four, we definitely went deeper into the subject and it kind of like drifted away from the writing side of things and actually learning what was happening. And um, I think like learning about weather patterns and stuff, and we say that a lot in like geography. But um, I guess like my mates have a pretty good reaction to it. It doesn't get brought up too much, but like, it it's just a cool thing that happened, and they're f- fully supporting it. So yeah, I've got some great mates. I love that, and it's and it's good that you've got other things to talk about as well than just what's happening. I'll say in your kind of work life although it's a it's a fun yeah. job it's still a bit of work it's, for you yeah it's interesting um my mom says that there's like two of me there's uh the jack you're speaking to now who has a passion for helping others and um really wants to do something about these farmers and rural communities and then there's probably the other jack who goes to school loses a lot of his stuff likes to talk plays a lot of sport but yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And what's your favorite sport? Oh, it's probably basketball right now because we're in the summer. But I play rugby as well. Rugby union or rugby league? Rugby union, but Ooh. I watch league. What position are you in rugby union? Uh, halfback. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I was a halfback too because I just didn't grow until I was like eighteen. Did you play for the Warringah Tigers? I did. I started playing for them when I was six years old. What's your club? I'm, I probably would have played you guys. Um, I was a hardboard Harlequin. Oh, and I then, think you guys were good too. 
Yeah, and then um, I'm a Manly Saver now, which is like all all the clubs near me combined. Oh, cool. Yeah. And what do you think of the Wallabies? Yeah, um, they love the Wallabies. Um, I actually got to run the ball out for the England versus Australia test at the SCJ. I think I was there. Yeah, um, it was pretty cool. And I got a signed jersey from, like, the whole team. That's so uh, cool. Yeah, it was such a cool experience. Amazing. Was it a bit of pressure running out there? No, just make sure you don't fall over. That's, like, what I was thinking. Don't drop the ball. Don't fall over. And I'll be fine. You know we've had a wallaby on this podcast before? Oh, really? Yeah. Ned Hannigan. Do you know Ned? Oh, I don't think so, but he's a wallaby, so. He is. He's a... A big curly-haired fella, and he's, um, where is he? From Canamble or thereabouts. Beef man. Yeah, right. Yeah, you'll That's have to get cool. in touch with him. Tell, Let him know. Yeah, you can definitely. swap hats with him when with your <laughs> humans of our hat. Um, I'll do it. one other question, which I actually reckon it's, it is Ned's question. Um, so what I do, I get guests to ask a different question, which I'll ask someone in the future. But this is actually perfect because when I sat down with Ned, and we're recording um, in Sydney at the time. I said, what's your question for a future guest? And I reckon it's a good one for you, Jack. But if you could change a perception of farming for the rest of Australia, what would you try and change? It's a really tough question. Um, You can change a few if you want. I think for starters, like initially I didn't think these farmers would be so open when like you go out and talk to them. And um, I don't think you realize how much these people love a chat. So I think I'd change like what you perceive as a farming community because it's really the best community you can ask for. It's so kind, so calm. Uh, If I could change that perception, I'd like, want everyone to think like when they think of community, I want them to think of farmers. I love that. And what would be a question that you'd love for me to ask a future guest, whoever that might be? Um, it can be anything. It can be something that you're really wondering about that you, that you actually have something that you unanswered. Um, Oh, I think I'd say, what is your goal? Like biggest, biggest dream. Cool. And can I ask you that as well? Yeah. What's um, your biggest dream, Jack? Oh, that's, yeah. I, I really like basketball. So maybe to play like professionally in that or rugby or, you know, like I'm pretty lucky. So. To do anything like that would be pretty cool or even just to do like the job I kind of want to do, which is being a paramedic, that'd be pretty cool. I reckon that'd be pretty good. Now I've got yeah. one final question and I ask, and and you've actually made me have to change it. But so normally what I ask, and I've asked everyone for the last 150 or so different podcasts we've done, but I ask them some advice to year 10 students around agriculture. And so... Do you want me to 
what about we, I ask you two questions to wrap up because I don't want to change the question just for you, Jack, but let's say you get to go down, um, to not your, let's not go to your high school. We'll go to a different high okay. school and you get to go and talk to the year 10 students. Yeah. What would be your advice to them, to those students in Sydney around why they should think about pursuing a career in agriculture? I think it's such a cool career and, you know, it's one of those things that you really get to create your own thing and you get to produce that and people end up loving it and you don't realise the work that goes in behind it, but you actually, I think it's a great feeling when you know that you've put something out that you truly put 100% effort in. And if you pursue agriculture, you're doing that almost every day. And um, it's it's just a really cool job and great community. And it's a very peaceful place. Right, you're a wise man. Wise beyond your years, Jack. Okay. And now you get to talk to us adults. What's your advice to adults about like finding a dream and then chasing it? Mm, I guess like... Whatever your dream is, whether you have to work hard for it or you have to put the word out for it, just do whatever you can. Someone will either listen to you or want to help you. And I guess that's how my idea started was through sharing. And it's taken me so far through just speaking my mind and speaking my idea and just stay truthful to who you are. And if you have a dream, don't let anyone change that. Very wise, mate. Thank you. Uh, I reckon that's probably all the questions I really have for you, Jay. Is there anything you want to ask me or anything else you want to no, chat about? it's all good. Great questions. Beauty, mate. No, thank you. I reckon that was a really fun little half an hour. It was awesome. Uh, what I'll do, I will email your mum, but I'll get your address. I'll send you, I don't have any on me, but I'll um I'll send you some hats and I'd stuff. I'd love that. And so... Yeah, we've got some humans of ag merch and um might even have to get a photo of you to to go with it. And at some stage when I'm in Sydney, I'll, I'd love to come and say good day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Awesome, mate. Well. I'll, I'll make sure to tell mum that. Well, I hope you guys had as much fun as I did listening to that one. Jack truly is just an absolute legend. I can't wait to see what he does. He's thoughtfulness and how he supports other people and it's just another day in the life of Jack. I think I can't get over and I'm so blown away by it but he just speaks so well and I think I actually need to learn a thing or two. So um, if you haven't checked out Jack's work, go and follow him at Jack's Mates Foundation. Watch some of his videos and the different trips and things he's been on. Um, and if you want to hear more of Jack, well, Maybe let's start a petition to get him on as a bit of a co-host or do a mini-series with Jacko. Anyway, guys, look after yourselves. Stay safe, stay sane. Keep your ears peeled because we have got some absolutely incredible guests coming up over the next month. See ya.